You're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. Are you ready to blab with me? Grab a front row seat as I adventure through motherhood, build my career, and not lose my shit. This podcast is a place for women to come together and relate through the highs and lows of business and motherhood, keep it real, and learn some new business tips and tricks while inspiring each other to do the dang thing. So close your eyes and take a deep breath, mama. You found us. It might not always be pretty, but you can count on one thing. We are in this hot mess together. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. It has been a traumatic week for parents everywhere, specifically for the parents to the victims of the Robb Elementary School shooting that happened earlier this week. I wanted to take a moment and start off this episode with a moment of silence where we can band together and honor these families and these victims and show some support. I know it's not enough, but it's a small action that we can take to band together and be there as much as we can for the people who had to suffer this horrible event. So if you'd like to join me for just a moment here, and we'll take a moment of silence. These events should not be continuing to happen. And I feel like us as mothers are what it's going to take to make some kind of change because there's nothing more powerful than angry mothers banding together to protect their children. There is one thing that you can do today if you are looking to help make a difference, and that's to join the millions of Americans demanding our lawmakers stand up to the gun lobby so our children don't have to stand up to gunmen. You can text ACT, A-C-T, to 644-33 and take a first step into being part of the change. This event and these events that continue happening are mortifying for parents and it really is awful. I I mean, there's, there's not even the right words to say to talk about it. We all know how awful this is and we need to do something to make a change. We need to do something to make a difference. And I hope that with us banding together as mothers, we can be loud enough to make this change because this is unacceptable and it has been unacceptable and we should all be angry and we should be afraid and we should take that fear and turn it into angry action. And so this episode for this week was pre-recorded and it is on a much lighter note, which maybe we all could use some laughter right now. So we're going to get into this episode and for anybody who is feeling the effects of the horrific events earlier in this week, please feel free to reach out. Let's all be there for each other. Let's all be there and help each other the best that we can because we're all in this together. So I didn't feel great about doing our normal highs and lows segment for the week this week. And I'm excited to just get into this episode because we are really talking about how to 
focus on the lighter side of motherhood when things feel incredibly hard and when big, horrible stuff happens, how we can find a way to use laughter and, you know, the small day-to-day things that come up that are funny to help us get through these huge times. And the guest for this episode is a stand-up comic focusing on mom-com, real human moms and fur baby moms, you count too. And she says, if you're coaching, podcasting, posting, or stressing, then she can make it funny. Things like marriage, getting older, getting cancer, parenting, Pinterest, the PTA, and now a pandemic. Her core belief is laughing at the small stuff gives us the bandwidth to tackle big stuff, and her passion is to make women laugh through it all. Now, you heard me say getting cancer in there, which you might be thinking, how is that possibly funny? And our amazing, empowering, strong guest shares with us her story of using her humor and her comedy to get through her own cancer journey. So as funny as this episode is, as many jokes as there are, as much as we're talking, uh, looking at the lighter side of motherhood, we really have a deep conversation about, you know, huge things that we as mothers face every single day and how we can find a way to cope. And sometimes that coping method is laughter. So we're going to take a quick break and then please welcome to the show, the wonderful, hilarious Heather. It's time for this week's Boss Lady Business Spotlight. Meet Sweet Indulgence. Sweet Indulgence is a custom bake shop in Bellingham, Washington. They do cakes, cupcakes, macarons, and cookies that are just as beautiful as they are delicious. The owner, Amy, loves frosting and hopes to bring smiles to as many people as she can through baking, and she does just that. Check out her amazing creations and contact her to order your own at Sweet Indulgence PNW. That's Sweet Indulgence PNW. Enjoy. Mamas, are you searching for your community? Are you still searching for your village? I was feeling the same thing when I became a mom and decided that I wanted to continue to be an entrepreneur. So I felt called to change this and created my own safe space for boss ladies with babies. And I don't just mean infants. Our children will always be our babies. That is a place full of support, resources, and community to help each other break the mold, create a new culture, and make our biggest dreams come true all while being the mama that we've always dreamed of. Boss Ladies and Babies headquarters was created for you. This is a community where you can come as you are, share your goals, share your dreams, share the highs and lows of business and motherhood and everything in between, and be fully supported by a community of women who understand you and what you're going through. Boss Ladies and Babies headquarters is full of education, support, accountability, inspiration, and most of all, connection with other women. Check out the link in the show notes to become a member of Boss Ladies and Babies headquarters today. Your village is waiting. Hello, Heather, and welcome to the Boss Ladies and Babies podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so excited too. I'm so excited you're here joining us today. And honestly, I feel like the timing could not be better because I am 
30 weeks pregnant, I could personally use a good laugh. So I'm excited to talk with you. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what you do, and let's shine some light on the lighter side of motherhood today. Let's do it. I love that. Yes. Well, so my name is Heather Tolly Bauer. I always say the hyphen is silent most of the time, um, but it's a pain in the neck all of the time. I don't recommend the hyphenated name. Uh, I am a, a wife, a mom, I'm a cancer survivor, and I'm a stand-up comedian. And I've been doing comedy for seven years, and I really focus on what I call mom-com, which is providing a laugh break for moms and women and couples, but mostly moms and women, uh, because as you know, you know, motherhood isn't always pretty, but it can be pretty funny yes. if we just, you know, keep ourselves open to the possibility of looking at it that way. Yeah. Which isn't always easy to do when you're in the thick of it. And so I definitely want to hear a little bit about how you frame your mindset around that. Um, but I'm curious if humor is something that's always come naturally to you. And if not, like, when did you figure out you were funny and how did you figure out you were funny? Yeah, no, I, I have always been um, a funny person. Like I've humor has always been my superpower. I, you know, I think, um, and I, I always say, so I am 52 years old. So that means I, for math is hard. I was born in 1970. So I grew up with Sesame street and the Muppets. And I always say that that really informed my sense of humor uh, so I, um, so like the Muppet, I speak Muppet, I speak, uh, I speak Sesame street, you know? So, um, so yeah, I've always been a, um, I was always a kid that was sort of the, um, cracking a joke, cut up kind of, you know, kind of kid. Yeah. So did you know that you wanted to do stand up comedy when you were a kid or how did you kind of get into what you're doing now? Not even a little bit. I actually wanted to be when I was a kid, you know, I mean, yeah. we all wanted to be like whatever princess or whatever. Um, I wanted to be a game show host. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's what I wanted to be. Wait, I can actually see that though. It's yeah. Kind of close. Uh, so not that far of a departure. Yeah. I wanted to be a game show host. I also wanted to write greeting cards. Nice. I wanted to come, I wanted to, I wanted to work for Hallmark when I was a kid. Like, I, I don't know what was, you know, like I was a little different, I guess, but, um, uh, no, but you know, I went to uh, you listen, you don't go to college to do either of those things. Um, and I can't draw. So there goes my Hallmark, you know, my Hallmark, um, aspirations, but, uh, yeah. and by the way, we're not sponsored by Hallmark here at, <laughs> here on the blab, right? We're not, so I mean, we should be, but we're we not. We should be, yeah, if um, you're listening. Uh, no, I mean, I actually went to, uh, went to college to be a, um, a radio and television broadcaster, but I sort of culled together again, I'm 52 years old, back when I was going to college, you didn't major in public relations because that didn't exist, right. but I ended up putting kind of culling together an education and mass comm journalism and marketing and, uh, and became a public relations executive. So that, okay. that's what I became, you know, that's, that's what I did. Um, and I wrote a lot. Um, you know, that was a, that was a profession that required, I write a lot of speeches, um, and, uh, and articles and press releases and things like that. So that has served me well. 
um, in this later in life season that I'm in of yeah. being a stand-up comedian, a mom-median. Mom-median, I, I love that. <laughs> a mom-median, yes. Yeah, so how do you, I mean, because for stand-up comedy, that's usually at night, right? That's kind of like a late, later night thing. So Almost how do you, exclusively, yes. Yeah I, yeah, I can't imagine going to watch comedy like in the middle of the day. That feels a little strange. It's weird. So how do you balance this career with your family life now? Yeah, so I started doing comedy seven years ago when we moved to from Connecticut to Atlanta. And I really wasn't planning on doing comedy. What I was planning on doing was, you remember how everybody had a blog mm-hmm. um, and now we all have podcasts, but back then, seven years ago, everybody had a blog. Um, and so, well, actually eight years ago when we moved to Atlanta, I, I had my own business that I didn't bring with me. My son was going off to kindergarten. My husband is an executive. And for the first time in my life, I was a stay-at-home mom. And although I was very blessed to be one, I I wasn't like really fulfilled by that Mm -hmm. and sort of just reeling from the fact that I was in a new place. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had to completely reinvent myself. And I said, you know what I'm going to do here? I was 44 years old. I was like, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to do something new, like once a week, once a month, something in this new part of the country that I live in. And I'm going to blog about it. And um, it was uh, January of 2015. 15. Um, I was getting ready to turn 45. So maybe this was also part midlife crisis. <laughs> <I'm not sure. laughs> and the very first thing that I um, saw that I in- encountered was a stand-up comedy class. Ooh. So I took a stand-up comedy class and did that for six weeks. And I thought, well, the next thing I'll do is I'll jump out of an airplane or I'll take a lap dance class. Uh, but I didn't, I just stuck with comedy. Wow. Uh, so I, I sort of just, um, it wasn't anything I really had specifically aspired to do, but, um, two things happened. Well, maybe three, but two things happened that, um, made me stay with it. One was women were always coming up to me after a show, even though I was frequently in a room with younger people, but there was always, always be one or two women that would come up to me and be like, Oh my gosh, me too. Because my, my voice is I'm a stay at home mom and I'm a little pissed off about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and that was a real popular thing to say, um, for somebody who, um, lives past the lifestyle that I'm fortunate to, to have. So, um, so that, that was good. It was, it was empowering for me, but it was empowering for them. And I got, you know, I got good feedback. And then the other thing was, um, I didn't think I'd necessarily stick with it, but a year into it, I was diagnosed with cancer Hmm. and realized that I had a real opportunity to use my stage time to, um, promote this idea for moms and for women that we have to put ourselves first and we have to put our health on our to-do list and to raise awareness for colorectal cancer, which is the cancer that I had. And, um, and so I'm very lucky that even though my son was little, um, and my husband travels, you know, we, we, um, you know, we work it out. I, I always say that, uh, if, if it doesn't work for one of us, it doesn't work for any of us. Mm, like and that. because I'm not trying to get a Netflix special, 
I can have that kind of more casual philosophy about it. I take comedy very seriously. I don't take myself very seriously. Um, and of course, you know, nothing's more important to me than the health and well-being of my, of my family. So I'm lucky I have their support. Mm-hmm. Um, but also at my age, um, I had, and back then and now, I mean, I had to balance stage time with bedtime. Right. And in the, in the beginning, I had to balance that with my son's bedtime. And now I have to balance it with my own bedtime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet. So, um, I always say I, I can't play a young comics game and <laughs> I, nor do I want to. So yeah. I, um, I kind of married my, um, corporate communications background and this, um, this idea of, of really being a niche comic for moms and women and couples, I created my own show. And um, that's what I've been doing for the most part for the last four years is really focusing on getting in front of as many women as I can and making, you know, just bringing a laugh break to moms, women and, and couples, but mostly moms and women. Yeah. And I think that's so amazing because you are also a mom and a woman and you're showing people that you can put yourself first and you can kind of set those boundaries to be able to have all of the things that you want to do without, you know, being too hard on yourself or without really making too many sacrifices. And I think that's one of the best ways to inspire other women is to show up and do it yourselves and let them see that. And to do it on your own terms. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I, for the first couple of years, I sort of felt it. I, I fell into this trap of, oh my gosh, I have to be booked all the time or I'm not doing Mm -hmm. this. You know, there are dabblers and there are doers. Right. And, um, and I did put myself on that path for, for a while. And, um, you know, and then the pandemic hit and that changed everything for everyone. And in the comedy world, it certainly changed things for me. I realized, oh my God, I really like being home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think a lot of us realize that. Hmm, I like being home. And, um, and I think we all during the pandemic, a couple, listen, when you're middle-aged and I use that term loosely because at 52, nobody really lives to be 104. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know. Um, I think a couple of things when you're middle age, when you've had cancer, and then when you've gone through a pandemic, I think any one of those things can happen and it makes people, women, men, you know, it makes us kind of take stock in our life and how we're spending our time. And those are like, that's really what a midlife crisis is, right? right? It's going, oh my gosh, I probably have more days behind me than I have ahead of me. And how do I want to spend that time? Right. Um, and I think the pandemic did that for a lot of people as well. We were like, wait a minute, uh, pandemics are life is short, but pandemics are long. And how do we want to, you know, how do we want to spend that time? And so I really took the last two years and just really retooled what I'm doing and getting out of club comedy and into more, um, you know, female entrepreneurial spaces. Um, um, so now I, I do a lot of comedy. Speaking of during doing comedy during the day, yeah. um, I do a lot of organizational comedy now. Um, 
And I love, I love that. I love the challenge of getting to know a new organization, getting to know, sometimes it's a fundraiser, sometimes it's a company, sometimes it's an employee retreat. And um, what I do is I take my, my corporate communications writing background and my naturally funny background. um, And I write custom jokes for the client so that their employees, team members, um, you know, ticket buyers, whatever, supporters feel seen, heard, and appreciated. Um, And I love that. I love the challenge of it. And, um, and uh, that is, that is daytime, you know, there's daytime drinking and I've done that. Yep. Uh, And now it's daytime joke telling and I'm doing that. Do you do them at the same time is the question. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, because you know, vodka looks like water. So they there don't you know. Go. And you can they use don't a know. coffee cup, you know, how would they know? Yeah. I just, sometimes I just blow <laughs> on my coffee cup and then they just think it's tea or coffee, but it's not. That's the secret. That's, that's a little, listen, that's a little life hack for me to you. you know. I love it. But yeah. I think um, for women um, who are trying to figure some things out, you know, I, um, I'm grateful I'm at a place where I'm like, oh, I'm doing this on my terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I'm really grateful that I've been able to figure that, figure out what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. that's not an easy thing to do. And I feel like having such a niche already with your mom calm, and then also, you know, this new journey of what you're doing is also fairly niche. It's you're just creating the space that is best for you and your life. And that's what it's all about, you know? And I think as women, we, sometimes we feel like, um, pivoting is a failure. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not, it's a growth spurt. Absolutely. Um, and I certainly have, have fallen victim to that too, you know, because I've invested a lot in my comedy brand and every time I sort of retool it or tweak it, sometimes I feel like, oh my gosh, you know, um, can I just pick a lane and stick with it? And um, so sometimes, you know, I have to say that I have to remind myself like, no, no, you know, everything I have done has led me to this point. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm really excited about this new, this new thing that I'm doing, you know, I, I, and, um, and I see its value. I see um, the value of bringing, we all say, you know, laughter is the best medicine. Actually, medicine is oftentimes the best medicine, but, <laughs> uh, you know, for all those people, they'll be like, oh, just go laugh it off. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. like, mm, tell my cancer that, but, um, but, um, you know, in, in this world now, uh, kind of as we're transitioning out of pan- pandemic and we're understanding what it means to go back to the workplace, you know, bringing comedy into the workplace that, um, you know, where I do a deep dive into your company's culture and, and what your um, company's employees, team members, coworkers, whoever you call yourselves are experiencing. And I write jokes about that. So that, like I said, they feel seen, heard and appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that is a really, really great way for your employees to also, you know, to prevent burnout and to provide, um, just immediate stress relief. Yeah. So I feel like this thing that I'm, that I'm doing, it's, um, you know, there's, there's a, there's a need for it and it, there's a time for it and it, and the time for that has come and we're in it right now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you know, like you said, laughter can help through some really dark times. I want to talk to you a little bit more about how you used laughter in your comedy to get through your cancer journey, because 
I mean, you know, a dark time like that feels like it would be so easy to recluse and give up on your dreams and, you know, go into a really dark place. How did you find a path through this? How did you figure out to overcome it? So I, I feel that the, the, so, okay. So when I was diagnosed four days after I was diagnosed, I did a five minute comedy set about being diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. And then four days before I had a subtotal colectomy that removed two thirds of my colon, I was on stage and I did five minutes about what was about ready to happen to me. And I felt like I do, I honestly feel like being able to find the funny in what I was about ready to experience mm -hmm. was helpful. Um, I do feel like it helped me get through my recovery because that is a major surgery. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it, um, I feel like it really put me in the right mindset to, um, to recover now. That being said, I'm also very quick to point out to people that not everything is a laugh out loud moment. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want anybody to ever um, get, I don't want anybody to ever think that my message is, if I can laugh about it, you can laugh about it. You know, right. I don't, I don't ever want anybody to, to, to think that what I say is that there are things, life is hard, laughing helps. Um, but there's enough room to feel all your feels and you need to do that, but don't take laughing off the table. Hmm, I love that. Um, and so, you know, there were moments when I didn't feel like laughing about this at all. And I, I was very lucky. My cancer was an early, early stage. I was stage one colorectal cancer. Even still, I was told that in that moment, had we not found it that early, I'd probably only had five years to live. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, five years. Like that is very relative. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. at the time my son was seven and, um, I was 45, almost 46 years old. And I'm like, wow, but that's so weird. I'm a total MILF. Um, I was a you know, mommy interested in living past 50. That's what that, <laughs> that's what that means. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a MILF. We all are. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and um, and I, and I was like, wow, you know, like let let that sit with you for a minute, you know, Heather, you have you know, you know. So I had just enough cancer, um, you know, to be to be credible, not enough to need chemo. Mm -hmm. So that's a like that's a really interesting place to be. But, um, you know, but when you're told that you might have only had five years to live, and that makes you think about some some things. Yeah. And uh, you know, one of the things I was like, wow, five years, like that is longer than my first marriage lasted, you know, but shorter than it took me to graduate from college. And yeah. so I didn't. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Really interesting perspective. Both things should have ended sooner, Yeah, but I'd really <laughs> like my life to be longer. And so, you know, um, so I had some moments of being like, well, life is short, eat the cupcake. Mm -hmm. And then 30 pounds later, I'm like, oh, Hey, I better throw in some broccoli. Um, you know, but I, um, I, I feel grateful that I didn't take laughter off the table, yeah. you know, and I also feel grateful that I understood that I needed to, I needed to feel, I needed to go through all the feelings 
um, mm -hmm. to get through the other side, through the other side of this. And the, the truth is the reality is, is that in getting, um, diagnosed with colon cancer at, at 45 years old, I got some genetic testing done, found out that I have, um, Muratori syndrome, which is a genetic, uh, DNA mismatch, which means um, my body makes cancer. So I've had cancer several times over these past six years. Mm -hmm. And um, we've always caught it early, but it is always something that runs in my background. And so I certainly know, I'm, I say all of that to say, um, I certainly, certainly, certainly know that um, laughter is an important part of our coping process, but it mm -hmm. cannot be the only thing that the only thing that we do. But I know from my own personal experience, I, I, I know it helped me a great deal, um, get through what, you know, this everything that I've been through. Yeah. Um, and I know that it's helping other people because when I stand on stage and crack butt jokes and raise awareness for colorectal cancer, specifically that, um, I always get emails from people that say, oh, I got my colonoscopy because I was at your show and I wow. saw you and I heard. And, um, and so I know that, I know that laughter is comedy is a great way to say things that are hard to say. And yeah. it's a great way to hear things that are hard to hear. Mm. Yeah. And that's the way I approach it. And that's, that's what I do. And whether that's, um, I don't want to blow my hot mess mom moment, but oh, yeah. whether that hard thing is something in your marriage, something in your parenting, something, you know, the fact that I have aging parents and my parents both have cancer right now. And, um, you know, my jokes about that aren't always funny, but somebody needs to, I mean, they're funny to me. Um, <laughs> but these are things that we need to be talking about. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's such a, a sense of control in taking taking back the power of the hard thing that you're going through and being able to stand up there and make it funny and turn it into something that is more socially acceptable to be heard by a group of people. Yeah. And you know, this all started with me before the cancer diagnosis with all my mom friends who were saying, I'm such a bad mom because mm -hmm. such a bad mom, because I forgot the cupcakes. And I'm like, girl, that does not make you a bad mom. Right. You know, yeah. Calling your son a jackass on Christmas morning makes you a bad mom. And that's what I did. No, that doesn't even make you a bad mom. <laughs> I'm like, no, that does not make, it doesn't you, a even bad make you a bad mom. It just makes you have, it just means you had a bad mom moment. But, yeah. um, but you know, I, I heard it. So, oh, I'm such a bad mom because I'm such a bad mom. And I mean, for like things I was like, are you kidding me right now? I'm such a bad mom because I forgot the cupcakes for the big. So I'm such a bad mom because I'm training for a marathon. I'm such a bad mom because you know, we've had McDonald's three times this week. And I was like, girls, we got to let that go. Mm -hmm. um, so I write jokes about our pain points as moms and as women. Oftentimes the jokes come from my stories um, and my mistakes. And, um, but it, it, it really is that, um, oh, you're, I, at the end of the day, it's all, you're okay. I'm okay. We're okay. Right. Yeah. And our kids are going to be fine. Yep. Yeah. There's something about that. That's why we do the hot mess moment on this show, because there's something about hearing somebody say, 
a time that they've been a quote unquote bad mom, a time where they've dropped the ball and haven't been like this perfect image of a mother. And just hearing somebody talk about that, it makes, it releases so much stress from yourself. It makes you feel so good about yourself because even if you haven't had that exact experience, you're like, oh, wow. Well, I thought they were perfect and they're over there dropping the ball too. So I guess I'm not that bad of a mom. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said about taking a look behind the curtain, right? Or seeing how the sausage is made or whatever cliche, you know, you want to put out there. But I think we need to normalize imperfection. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, uh, you know, real, real recently I posted uh, on my Instagram page, I created a meme and it, I, it was sort of taken from something that I saw that was like, oh, your mom is your first friend, your best friend, your fiercest, you know, your, your most loyal friend. And then I added my own spin and the reason why your therapist has a boat named after you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And that's going to be true for my son. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For any way it's true for me. Right. Yep. Like being a mom is complicated. Um, and we don't, you know, we don't always get it. You know, we obviously don't always get it right, but um, we, we certainly can take, um, I think, take comfort in, in the knowing that we're trying. Yep. And that nobody gets it right all the time, you know, um, and, um, you know, my son and I are very similar. So we butt heads a lot. Mm. Um, and, but that has come from, that has created some of my best material, Yeah, you know, because we're very, we're very similar. So, um, and I just, I feel, I I need all y'all who are listening to pray for my husband because, (laughs) I'm a handful. And now my husband has like two of us, two of you. Oh my gosh. How, how does your family, like your son and your husband feel about being like the butt of your jokes or like where you get most of your material? So my husband is super cool about it. Um, he is so comfortable in his own skin. And I think that my husband and I've been married for 21 and a half years and, you know, we love each other very much and we're very, very, we're still like very hot for each other. And we still like want to have sex with each other all the time. Wow. We, we just don't have it. You know, we just don't, uh, but, um, and that's fine. Um, and, cause we're happy, you know? Um, and that, th- that is the thing that happens when you've been, you know, when you've been married for a long time, it just, it, 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 it's just the thing that happens. And I try to like on stage, I try to normalize that too. I try to normalize like what a happy, long lasting, successful marriage looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and that is actually what I just told you is actually one of my best jokes. Like that always gets a huge laugh because nice. that is a, oh my God, me too mm-hmm. moment, you know? And if the husband's in the room, you know, the wife's like, see, you know, it's not just me, <laughs> yes. not just me. Um, but, uh, but no, my husband is super cool. And one of the reasons why um, uh, we've been happily married for so long is because we don't try to change each other mm. and he's never tried to change me and he's never tried to rein me in. And he's never, you know, like I'll, I'll run my material past him and I've got some really great material about being married. And, um, and he's, 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 he's like, okay, yeah, no, that's fine. I actually real recently did a show. I headlined a show. My husband and I are from the same town and I real recently headlined a show in our hometown. 
Oh my gosh. Now it was supposed to be a mom's night out show, but all the men in my family bought, wanted to come. So, and when I say all the men in my family, it's not my family. It's my husband's family. Oh my gosh. So his brothers, his dad, you know, all these men. And I, and I was like, okay, well, you know, Craig, I do stand on stage and talk about our sex life and it's going to happen in front of my father-in-law and, you know, your brothers and his two nephews came and he wasn't in the room. My husband wasn't in the room, but, um, I was like, you know, but this is my material. I have to do it. He was like, it's fine. It's totally fine. And, um, and he, he really is comfortable in his own skin. So that makes it so much easier. It obviously is easier to do this for number one, he's supportive. Number two, he's not really the jerk in, in our relationship, in my jokes, I am. Okay. Okay. And so I don't necessarily punch down. Right. Um, I'm usually poking fun at myself. Yeah. Um, because, um, he's an amazing guy and I, you know, yeah, my show is called laugh lines and stretch marks. Oh, I love that. And it's comedy for women by women comics, but it is not an anti-man mm-hmm. show. It is just talk using our voice to talk about our life experiences. And, um, and that is so important to me that people understand that it's pro woman, but it's not anti-man because I'm married to a wonderful man and we're trying to raise our son to be a wonderful man. Right. So, um, so that's the line that, you know, that's that that's the line that I, I straddle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, that makes sense why he would be on board then. It's not like you're up there. Oh, it's not yeah. non-embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's awesome that he's, what about your son though? Is your son like, how old is your he, son now? He's 13. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. He is less aware of the fact that he's in my material. He, he, one time he came home and he said, um, mom, I just, I just started following you on YouTube. And I'm like, oh no, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet, but. (laughs) Oh no, sir. No, you are not going to follow me on YouTube because I didn't want him to stop saying funny things around. Right. Um, Right. But, um, and I mean, like, Honest to goodness, one of the funniest things that happened, he was like in the third grade, fourth grade, he was doing his homework and my husband and I are standing in our kitchen and our son is like at the table doing his homework. And he goes, um, uh, mom, do you spell porn P O R N? And I was like, oh man, like I looked at my husband my husband looked at me and I knew I was going to have to like step into the parenting role because my husband was just like he was like completely caught off guard. And it was one of those, you know, hold, hold my glass of wine. I'm going in (laughs) kind of moments, you know, I was like, Oh, I I looked at my husband. I'm like, you're going to be of no use to me whatsoever. I get it. And, uh, and, uh, and of course, you know, like my husband, I look at each other and I was searching my brain going, where has he been? Who has he been hanging out with? What is, you know, I'm like doing all this, like triaging in my brain. And finally I was like, Hey, read, um, mommy doesn't know that word. Uh, can you use it in a sentence? Oh my gosh. And he said, yeah, uh, let let me, uh, I'll read you the sentence that I wrote, you know, for my homework. He's, (laughs) 
I have poured my mom a glass of juice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, how cute. <laughs> and I was like, yep, that sounds, that sounds right. That sounds right. Um, uh, and of course my husband was like, no, that's not how, that's not, it's P-O-U-R-E-D. But of course I was like, okay, that's going to be a great joke. Yes. Um, so that is the truth of what happened. That is the VH1 behind the music, you know, um, version of, of the joke. But in my joke, um, you know, he has pouring me a cocktail because I'm a stay at home alcoholic. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and so there's this whole build up to the joke and that's the punchline, but, oh my gosh. uh, but it, you know, but it's like taking those moments and being like, uh, if he knew like that, I have gotten years of material out of that. Mm -hmm. He would probably like filter himself. Yeah. Censor yeah. himself around me because now he probably doesn't want to be part of my, uh, right my act, oh know? my gosh that is so funny I mean that's just like you'll never run out of content being a mom I mean the things that kids say is so funny and there's always something that you can add to that you're just it's just the perfect niche especially now that he's 13 and so his hormones are coming in the building and mine have left the building <laughs> and yet we're both the ones that have to shave daily or you know our faces <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, it's time to teach my 13 year old how to shave. And I'm like, honey, I got this. You don't yeah. need to, you can just, you teach him how to drive. I will teach him how to shave, nice. you know, uh, cause this is, you know, that's where I, that's where I am in my, uh, yeah. that's where I am in my hormonal, you know, depletion development. But, um, yeah, yeah. Um, being a wife and being a mom means always, uh, um, always looking for the, always looking for the funny moments. Yeah. And I think, you know? so if we're, you know, talking to people who maybe don't have like this naturally funny side and it's, it's hard as moms to find these funny moments, what's something that you could share, like a little piece of advice that can help us kind of look on that funnier side and, and make light of things that happen throughout the day. Um, well, I mean, like, I, I, I know not everybody, it, it is sort of a way of thinking, like mm -hmm. you, you have to sort of train your brain to, to, to think like that. But I would say like the way that you would tell that story or that thing that happened to a friend, um, you know, is maybe how you could start to, you know, frame things as funny, but, um, you know, uh, another good kind of good thing to do. And listen, not everybody needs to be like humor doesn't need to be everybody's thing, but not everything has to be a five alarm fire either. Right. right? right. So it's sort of just creating space for an alternative to, letting everything kind of stress you out. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why momcom is so popular and so, so needed. Um, but I will say that, um, if you need a little chuckle or you need some validation, go, whatever the thing is that has you a little stressed out or makes you feeling like you're a little less than as a mom type that into your Google search. And then mm. with the word meme, Mm. And you will see images of jokes or, you know, things that, um, that 
people have created and you're going to be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you know, that's me. That's, oh yeah. I'm not the only one. Or just go talk to your friends and be like, oh my God, this thing that happened yesterday. And I was so, you know, whatever this just happened to me last night, actually, I was having dinner with some friends and, um, my son and I had words all the way home. I pick him up from school. He's in seventh grade. We, I yelled at him all the way home. I, I'm not going to, I am, I'm not going to mince words about it. I yelled at him all the way home. And what he did wasn't really, it just sort of triggered something in me that I just need, felt like me, I needed to nip in the bud. And I really like, I shouldn't have, um, you know, been so hard on him or at least so loud. I mean, girls, Mm -hmm. I yelled at him so hard. I got my heart rate up and I literally closed a circle on my Apple watch. You know, like we all have been there. (laughs) We all have those moments, you know, it's like, oh, that was the most cardio I've had in a while, (laughs) but now I got to unpack the, uh, you know, I have to unpack the moment with him now, you know, mm-hmm. um, cause one of the things I try, I try not to be, is I try, I try to be that mom that's vulnerable and say, you know what, mom blew it. Yep. Mom blew it. Mom blew it. Here's why mom blew it, but I blew it all the same. And, um, and so, um, I'm talking to my friends about it, um, at dinner last night. And I just, um, I just in retelling the story, I was like, oh, this is kind of funny. Like, cause yeah. I, you know, cause I was like, oh my God, da, 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 da. and I had to drive an hour and a half to school to call when I went to college both ways. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I, and you know, and then I was like, I was hearing myself and I was like, and I had to do it in the snow uphill both right. ways. Barefoot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I had to, you know, and, um, you know, and I was like, okay, Heather, calm down. You know, like once I said it out loud to my friends and they were like looking at me going, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm," (laughs) you know, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I could just sort of hear like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, oh, uh, you know, I owe the little jackass an apology, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so hard when you're in the thick of it. It's just so hard to see that. Ah, you know? Well, because, you know, we come to the table with our own, um, you know, our own baggage, right. and, you know, some of our baggage fits underneath the seat in front of you. And some of them, some of it has to be checked in at the, you know, oversized baggage area at yes. the airport. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been so fun. I have got to hear this hot mess moment. I know you kind of teased a little bit of it earlier in the episode here, but this is our section of the show where you're invited to share a time that you've been a total hot mess. Okay. All right. I've been prepared for this. Like my whole, my whole comedy career has been hot mess mom moments, but my favorite one, my favorite one is I, I literally, I did actually call my son a jackass, um, on Christmas morning. Um, (laughs) he was eight years old at the time. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) It really put a damper on our Christmas morning. Um, oh, no. I, ta- I do. I talk about this from the stage uh, and um, people usually laugh and I'm like, well, I'm glad you laughed at that. Uh, but some of you are judging me and don't judge me. Okay. I don't need you judging me because you don't know him. And trust me, the little SOB deserved it. Okay. <laughs> he totally deserved it. And um, so what happened was 
I'm not even kidding you about this. So he was eight Christmas morning and, um, in our house, we open a couple of presents on Christmas Eve. We open the rest of our presents Christmas morning. And so as we were distributing the presents, you know, he, my son had opened a couple of presents Christmas Eve. And so we're distributing the, pre the presents and it's like, you know, um, my husband's pile of presents was, you know, real big. And it was like the daddy size. Like if you think about the three, you know, the three bears, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and my son's pile of presents was slightly smaller than my husband's. And then my pile of presents were like way small, like the baby bear size. <laughs> and half of that was just stuff that I had bought for myself and wrapped, you know, to give mm -hmm. to, you know, to give myself and my son, you know, of course he was eight. He was like, daddy's pile of presents is bigger than my pile of presents. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I was like, mommy's pile of presents is smaller than all y'all's pile of presents. And half of this stuff, the stuff I just found from around the house and wrapped up, we better get to mommy's turn to open before the almond milk goes bad. You know, I mean, uh, and in there, I call him a jackass and he cried and he said that that wasn't a nice thing to say. And that, by the way, that, so that's something I only call daddy. <laughs> oh, and no. My husband looked at me and I was like, I've never, which I swear to you, I swear to you, I've never called my husband a dad, not it to it, not to anybody's face. I've never yeah. called my husband, but it was so, it was like my, you know, my son was like, mom, that's so mean. And oh. that's something you only called daddy. And I was like, okay, well this, I'm just going to make myself a, a cocktail and just call it Christmas. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> beat down bad mommy totally. bad wife moment but uh no but we've all we've all been there but um sometimes uh, it just slips out <laughs> sometimes sometimes it does sometimes it does but oh um, and it what well what was really funny is he he didn't hear jackass he heard jab ass oh my gosh so he he was like mom you called me a jab ass and that's something you only call your dad and what? I'm like I swear to god Craig I've never called you a jab ass okay like, <laughs> mostly because that word doesn't exist until now but right. um but you know there there are lots of Lots of those moments that happen. Like I said, their uh, motherhood isn't always pretty, but it can be pretty funny. That's right. <laughs> yep, it definitely can. Oh my gosh. Well, and thank you so much for coming on and sharing some of these tips on how to make it a little bit more funny and just kind of lightening things up because we're all carrying around so much stress all the time. And I just, after talking to you for this time, I'm laughing with you, I already feel better. So what you're doing is amazing. My work here is done. Your work here is done. Why don't you tell people where they can find you and how they can support your business and hear more comedy from you? Well, um, mostly I just really focus on Instagram. So if you go to Instagram and you search for me under Heather Tolly Bauer, but my Instagram handle is at hyphen underscore up. And that is uh, making fun of my hyphenated name, uh, which is pain in the neck, like I said. Uh, but yeah, go there. I try to, um, I'm really focusing on content so that it's funny, but it's also heartwarming and you get, a, you get an attaboy, you get a you're okay, I'm okay. Sometimes you see me crying on camera. Um, you know, it's not a heavily curated um, site, but we just try to keep it real. We just try to keep it, you know, authentic and um 
And just uh, with that overall message is, you know, um, life is hard, laughing helps and you're okay. I'm okay. We're all okay. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on today. And until next time you've got this mamas stay bossy. Thank you for listening to boss ladies and babies. If you like this episode, be sure to rate review and leave us some feedback. Make sure you follow us on social at boss ladies and babies. Join the conversation in our private Facebook group and check out everything we have to offer like community coaching, merch, and more at boss ladies and And until next time, stay bossy.